Like right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. Before we start, we have to apologize if there's any cracking. Uh, we've got horrible, well, not horrible weather. No, but it's beautiful well, weather. it's beautiful weather, but it's it's weather that's uncommon for us here in our sleepy town of Lahana, Colorado. Uh, it's actually gloomy and wet. Yeah, but a half an inch of rain. Do you know what that does for the crops and the grass and the? That's awesome for farmers and everything. Yeah. That's all Richard kept saying last night. Let it rain. However, it has a tendency in our town to cause problems with internet, with electronics, Phone. phones, all kinds of things. Yes. Because it's just not used to it. I guess not. But it's not used we to We like the, the dust better, or is that what you're saying? To the two days that it rains out of the year here oh. in the Mojave Desert of of the southeastern you Colorado. You picked that just because of the change my attitude in the desert, didn't you? A little bit. The Mojave. A, a little, a little bit. It, 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 so uh, if if our if our microphones crack, if if uh, you're watching YouTube and uh, something goes black and or whatever, that's the way that it happens. It, it just happens. You'll it hear is a big what giant smack. You'll hear a big giant smack. Hey, Patty Sheen <laughs> is in the house. Good morning. I want to welcome Patty Sheen to the chat room. Uh, good morning to Pat. Pat can keep us on uh, track here. Uh, and so uh, it is April 17th, Friday. Mm. And it's, you know what? It's a little chilly outside. It's nice here, 77 degrees here in the studio with the lights blaring on us. And the electronics humming and things uh, just going nutso. But it is a little chilly outside. It's not too bad. Well. Damp. It's damp. That's what I like cool. these kind of days. Me too. I, I'm very much the vampire type of, that's what Christine always calls me. Because I like to close the curtains. I like it to be dark. Um, I just think it's kind of the inside quiet day is what I like them for. Yeah. Yeah. That that's true. Maybe you can sit and read a book, uh, particularly "Lord Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late" by James McDonald. If you want to find out more about us, you can go to bemorechristlike dot com, and you will find out. Uh, evidently, you'll find things out about us. Not everything that you want to find out about <laughs> us. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at Becoming Christlike, which is an ever-present, always busy uh, site that you can go to. Check us out on Facebook. You can also check us out. On Twitter, which is immense, yes. and Dawn uh, does that all the time. I am Derek Hutchison. I'm here with my sister in Christ, Dawn or Jimbo. Our producers is out of the booth today. He is, but you have his picture up on He's screen. Got his picture so at least up on I screen. can wave so like I normally like do. <laughs> He's out. Uh, he 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 had an appointment that he had to go to, so our producer is not here. So. Um, I will be trying to do things uh, on on our board. Which means bear with us. <laughs> you do fine every we time. We should have this little thing that comes up that says, Derek's running the board, technical difficulties today. Yeah. It always screws have up. a little when, break in it. It always screws up when Jimbo's not here. So, uh, yeah, check us out on our Twitter, all kinds of, of social media. Uh, you can go to all of those things. And at any one of those places, you can find our show. You can find uh, the place to get to. Uh, you can have a great discussion with Dawn. Uh, in 140, what is it, 140, 140 ca- characters? 140 characters or less. Be hey, man, we get five and six of them going at a time with some people. Be specific. Uh, <laughs> say what you mean as, as short a time as you possibly can. That doesn't can. work for us wordy people. Yeah, it is a little bit tough. I'm not a big Twitter person. i got to be honest with you. I'm just not. Um, I, I don't know why. I, I just, I, you know, I think I forget about it. 
So we got some things going on here in Lahana, yeah. uh, in our in our sleepy 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 little town. Uh, today, if you are listening and you are anywhere around southeastern Colorado, there's a myriad of things that you can do. Today is Tiger Relays, Ooh. and I don't think you know what Tiger Relays. No, I have no it idea. It is the big giant track meet. Oh. Of um. Of Lahana High School. Now that is not a great day for this. I agree with the raining. Yeah, and so it's they are going to do. We talked about this on Derek and George Live yesterday. As one of our sister shows is on Thursday mornings. They're going to do something a, a little bit neat. I think at one thirty today. Mm-hmm. Evidently, there's never been anyone in high school that's run a sub four minute mile in the state of Colorado. Really. And so at one they they've invited a number of the kids uh, from schools that have that opportunity mm-hmm. to do that, that are doing really well. And at one thirty today, they're going to have a competition uh, during the track meet and see what they can do here down at this low elevation. Oh, that's of cool. 4,000 some feet, yeah. 4,500 feet. And see, now, uh, the other thing that I also know by watching the news this morning in other parts of our state of Colorado, it's icy and snowy. <laughs> so we don't know if that's going to stop some of the big from coming. big schools from coming. I'm assuming that it's still going on, but Tiger Relays today over at Tiger Stadium here in Lahana, Colorado at 10 o'clock in the morning. Cool. If you're listening and you'd like to see that, if if the nice thing is don't think you're going to get this sunburn today. <laughs> I think you're going to be fine. Bring a jacket. Bring a jacket. <clears throat> Maybe bring your umbrella. We don't know, um, but it should be nice. The other thing that's going on is tomorrow is La Junta High School's prom, as well as Los oh, Animas' wow. prom, as long yep. as as well as Rocky Ford's prom. Boy, they planned well this year, didn't they? Well, it's it's a busy thing. Quick story. Oh, if that's okay, that's fine with me. Quick story, it just shows you, I guess, how bad of a parent I am. I don't know. Uh, my son is going to prom. He is a senior. Mm-hmm. He is going to take Whitney Oquist. Um, they're they're going to have a fun time. He asked her... Oop, there's a little bit of a... <clears throat> he asked her... Oh, I don't know. He's known that he's going to go with her probably for about three weeks, four weeks. It was Wednesday. Two days ago. I get a text from my son. Hey, you think you could order Whitney's corsage for me? <laughs> and so I called our local florist here in Lana, Colorado, and they say, you know what? We're not doing it anymore. We're so packed because there's three proms going on. Oh, my goodness. We don't do them anymore. So I call Rocky Ford. They answer the phone. Fairchild's florist. And I say, these are my exact words. Hey, my son's an idiot. Do you think you could help me get a corsage? <laughs> and she says to me, you're the fifth person today that's called that has an idiot for a son. <laughs> Jacob's going to uh, love yeah. you for that. Yeah. Oh. And, of course, my son isn't an idiot. Uh, but uh, that's what happens. Uh, it, it has been this rush to get together. Luckily, luckily, he we, he owns his own tux. I mean, he has his own Good. tux. So... Um, it's going to be... It, and so it, they are going to fix him up. Oh, we're... Yeah. yeah You're we're fixed all. up. However, I'm thinking that it's going to cost just a little bit more than it would have if I'd have bought it three weeks ago. I don't know how early you get those flowers. Anyway, we're all set for prom. Uh, Christine and I are helping with after prom. I'm course. in charge of the games. Oh, of course. And so uh, we are excited about that. After prom, Club Galaxy. I'm sure Los Animas is having an after prom. They are. I'm sure that Rocky Ford is probably having an after prom. We hope that everybody is safe. Also, here in our sleepy town of Lanta, Colorado, uh, yesterday it started off, and today it will run through Friday and Saturday. If you are a a theater person... Uh, at our Picket Wire Players uh, or Picket Wire Center for the Performing and Visual Arts here in Lahana, Colorado, uh, the play Steel Magnolias. Oh, have you ever seen? Steel I Mag- have seen the movie. <clears throat> it is an all-female cast, and so Steel Magnolias, uh, which is a oh, great show, wonderful plays. I think it starts at seven thirty, 
check you can check if you want to check out uh, there's a site that you can go to uh, picketwireplayers.org do you have to have the tickets in advance or can no, you get them at you the can, door no you can get them at the door but you can also order them online you can uh, just go to picketwireplayers.org cool uh, go there i think the tickets are $12 um, i've seen it once before here at the picket wire it is fantastic good so it's a repeat Fantastic. performance. Of. Yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things going on here in La Junta. What's going on in Los Animas besides the prom? Nothing. That's all I know of. That's about it. Um, uh, it so if you if you know southeastern Colorado is just the hub of society, <laughs> aren't we though? Yeah, don't go to Colorado Springs or Denver because it's here. snowy and icy there. You're not going to be able to get over Monument Hill anyway. Come down to southeastern Colorado. It's just damp here. It's not icy. It's a it's a comfortable, you know, fifty some degrees, whatever Absolutely. it's gonna be. It's gonna be nice. You know You can go to the theater, you can go to track meet. I'm not sure you'll be able to get in to eat anywhere Saturday <laughs> night because the kids will be, be there eating. Yeah. I have to admit though, I used to live ten miles east of Monument Hill and I loved it. I liked being snowed yeah, in. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get used to it. You're the one that uh, you're the one that that, that likes it. So, yeah. um, we are talking about uh, this book, Lord Change My Attitude. Before it's too late, we're getting very, very close uh, to the end of it. Just a couple chapters left. Yeah. It's a book written by James McDonald. So let's go ahead and get into it and open our time up with prayer. Gracious Father, again we come to you and we thank you uh, for this opportunity to share with one another, to share uh, this book, this idea of changing our attitude before you, um, that we might be doing what you want us to do, that we might be doing your will, and we might be doing it with the right attitude. So, Father God, we pray for this time that we have. We pray for everyone who is listening, that indeed you may fill their hearts uh, and their minds with your love and your peace. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you want to thank everybody who came and uh, had a great time uh, preaching on last Sunday oh, I at First Presbyterian Church go. here in La Hunna, Colorado. You came. Uh, Pat was there. Uh, Bonnie and Dwayne. Bonnie and Dwayne Ellis. And, and so it was nice to see the... The old gang. Yes, absolutely. See the old gang sitting nice out there. Nice church up here. Nice yeah, church. First yeah. time I'd been in there. Oh, really? That's the yep. first time you'd been in First Press? Yeah. 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 Somebody's singing up there. That's Jacob singing. My, they, for those of you who can pick that up, that's very interesting. <laughs> uh, my son is upstairs. Today they don't have to go to school because of Tiger Relays. And so we are being serenaded through through the floor of of our studio or through the ceiling of our studio, um, of Jacob singing. That's it, it, you can hear Do you that. Do you want right? to invite? Yes, I can. Should invite him down here to let him to have sing a song little, for everyone. Little ditty. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I caught that. And I was like, "Do you hear that, Dawn? Is that a feedback of, no. of any sort?" So. <laughs> We we are it is a multi a multitude of things that are provided here on becoming Christ like. That's right. Come on. <laughs> fantastic. That is just fantastic. Hey, we are studying the book uh Lord Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late. For those of you uh who who join in with us every week on becoming Christ like you're working through this book with us. We started it in the period and and the time of Lent and and we're going we we took it a little bit past uh, Easter, but we're going to continue uh, until we're finished. Those of you who have who have been with us, bear with me. Uh, for those of you who have not been with us, this is a book written by James McDonald based around the Israelites as they go through the wilderness and some of the just really crappy attitudes that they have. Yes, that we and all have, maybe. That we all have, and they are representative of us. They are reflective of us. Mm -hmm. And so... What he does in this book is to say, this is the attitude we have. We need to take this attitude. And then he gives you the next chapter of replacing it with this attitude before God. They're all attitudes that we have in our Christianity. And he talks about the dangers of it um, in our relationship with God, in our relationship with others. We've had all kinds of... Let's, We've had uh, last week, we, we, replaced or we replaced doubt with faith. faith. Yeah. We've replaced all kinds of yeah. of, of attitudes, and and today uh, we are looking at a 
an attitude that that obviously the Israelites had, and obviously we have. Um, but it's mm, it's it's a toughie one. You know what? This is the hardest for me. This is the most non-black and white one for yes. me there is. And I will have to say that as we've gone through these, every single one that I've come across, I've said, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. This one today, I think because of a connotation that we have of the word, mm-hmm. you know, just that word, is the whole idea of, I'm not sure that this one fits that well. Well, he's got a couple things. He's talking about people instead yeah. of 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 programs right. or ideas. And so you have to keep that in mind as you're doing it, or you can get kind yeah. of lost in it. And so the attitude or the the attitude that we're talking about today is a rebellious yeah. attitude. A rebellious attitude. And it's a, over a lifestyle though. I mean, it's got to be all your life, not just one instance where you yeah. don't like something or you think there's a wrong. <laughs> and before we went on the air, you and I were talking about this, and it's funny how God just clicks these things in. And so, uh we'll get into a little bit of how this probably uh, affects me. <laughs> but maybe we can use it as an opportunity to delineate exactly what James McDonald's is trying to talk about and what we probably sometimes think of to be a rebellious attitude. Right. He always starts it out with saying, is saying it in a sentence. He says, rebellion against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority, which brings devastating consequences to our lives. Mm-hmm. For those of you, if I were just to, if you were just to read that, if you were just to read that, um, there's a few things in there that you need to define. Exactly. That's what I meant. This is the most non-black right. and white one. And, of course, he, he says rebellion against, and there's that word proper, mm-hmm. authority. Not just, uh, it doesn't say rebellion against authority. Right. This is predominant in our society today. It's been predominant forever. Forever. Since the founding of our country, (laughs) it has been. Um, Everywhere you go, since uh, since (laughs) we have another show called Solomon Hutch that that shows on or that airs on Saturday, it's my son and his friend Jeremy Solo. He likes to use the phrase "since man walked through the tall grass." That's the Ah, that's the term that since man walked through the tom uh, the tall grass, there has been. Yes. Rebellion. Absolutely. There has been rebellion against man against man, man against woman, man against God. Um, and, and, of course, that's kind of where James McDonald is going, is that whole idea of rebelling, rebelling against God. But he's saying, look at your life. Do you rebel against proper authority? And if you do, if you have this rebellious attitude, what is the likelihood then that you are rebelling against God's authority? Right. And then once you say that, now it begins to become a little bit more clear for me that, yep, I do that. I rebel against God's authority. I rebel against God's That's kind direction. of in, in us anyway. It is. You it, know. it is. Um, and we, it fits in every one of these attitudes that we've talked about. Um, but there is that sense that we we look at it and we say, really, God, that's what you want me to do? Well, this is what I want to do. Right. That three-year-old attitude, that two-year-old attitude for sometimes that 18, year, that 18. Isn't it funny how there seems to be a little bit of a, a gap in between there, and then they they regress, and the yes. 18-year-old begins to 17-year-old. So about 14, and you hit it all 14. over again for that two-year-old, that me, 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 you, my way. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know me. You don't know what's best for me. I'm not. I'm doing this. I'm not doing that. And he says, rebellion. And I'm reading again from the book, uh, Lord Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late, written by James McDonald. Rebellion. What do you picture when you hear the word? Some Fonzie-like tough uh, with a collar up on his black leather jacket and an attitude that will not quit. I I wish he would have used a different... Uh, I liked Fonzie. Okay. Fonzie's a, a little bit antiquated for me because I didn't think Fonzie was was rebellious. I wish he would have said... Oh, never mind. It doesn't matter what I wish he would have said. But that's what he said. Maybe you picture... 
This is this what is I would, what, this is what I would pick. Maybe you picture a 16-year-old standing up to parents and resolutely refusing to do what is asked, or do you think of people resisting government authority and marching in the streets to demand their rights? Man, and isn't that a proper timing on that with all that we had going with on in Ferguson? All and, that and, we have going on. Mm-hmm. Here is where it gets tricky. Because he's just given three examples mm-hmm. of rebellion. In my opinion, he's given three examples of rebellion. The Fonzie-like for me is the one who says, I'm not going to live just the way that everybody tells me to live, that society tells me to live. If society says this is the way you should be, doesn't mean that that's the way it's going to be. So in a way, I am rebelling against the the, the mores and the and the the ideas of what society is saying. That's the way you need to be. Think of the hippie movement. Yeah, exactly. That that yeah. that hippie movement in the '60s and right. and says we're not going to be the man and and all of that. And then he talks about the 16 year old. That's, that's the one. Get the eyes rolling. Get the arms exactly. crossed. That, yeah. That's the one who says. You think you know what's best for me. You think you you know that you're I'm rebelling against that authority of parents. But they have to realize these kids have to do that or they can't ever leave home. That's almost what it takes. It is almost like than, a rite of passage yes. that 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 is vital for mature growth. Exactly. And so it really depends there on the parents, how the parents And it depends it. on to what extent do you take that rebellion to. Mm-hmm. That whole idea of a of a of a of a sixteen year old standing up and saying, Why do I have why? Why? There that's part of that growth. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with questioning God in that way. I don't think in so saying, God, why? Why did you do this? Why give me the answer? Now, now the rebellious 16-year-old who says, "I don't care what your answer is. I'm not doing it." That's rebellion. Right. And then he talks about uh in the third sentence, he talks about people resisting government authority and marching in the streets. Again, there's those words that he uses, resisting government authority. Depends on what the government authority is you're resisting. That is very, and I, and I will be the first one, and I've talked about it on a number of shows, but I think that it's very applicable now. Uh, for those who are listening who are local, uh, know that, that I have some issues with my school board. Yes. And that is not uncommon. People have all over communities have issues with their school boards. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so when you talk about government authority, uh, there I think there's a fine line when he says resisting government authority. If you're talking about policemen, if you're talking about that proper authority, then that's one thing. If you're talking about questioning your government. Um, making sure that your government is running the way that your government is supposed to be, or standing up and and voicing differences of opinions, then I don't think it falls into this. That's not a bad attitude. No. That's a questioning. That's accountability. That's making sure things go the way they're supposed to instead of... Uh... That's exactly right. And so in that sense, when we say questioning God... You immediately cringe and think, ooh, that doesn't sound right. You shouldn't question God. He knows. He's got it going on. But there's a there's a healthy part, just like with the 16-year-old, that helps in our Christian growth. Mm-hmm. When exactly. we say, God, please reveal to me, you got a plan for this? Because I don't, I don't get it. Right. This seems pretty tough. Isn't there an easier way? Mm-hmm. Please tell me. What's, you what's know, going on? When I was in school, I didn't question anything, nothing. Never raised my hand, never asked a question, never nothing. And that totally changed when it came to God. I don't stop asking questions. Yeah. And 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 to be fair, James McDonald talks about that. He says yeah. rebellion has many faces and not all are equally bad. Certainly the American Revolution had elements of rebellion in it, as did the women's and civil rights movement of the now past century. But when rebellion is against God and his ordained authority structure, the consequences can be devastating. That's rebellion in a nutshell. It's knowing what God wants me to do. And then he says this, 
and refusing to do it. And I think that's very important. It's not, it, you notice he didn't say, it's not, it's knowing what God wants me to do and questioning it. That's fine. Right. He says, it's knowing what God wants me to do and refusing right. to do it. Right. That's the kind of rebellion that we're talking about. And I know we took quite a bit of time doing that, but I think it's very important um, for people uh, to get that down. Otherwise, you think you every time you think something's wrong, you're rebelling, and that's right. not true. Right. That's exactly right. Uh, he talks about uh, number sixteen in Korah's rebellion, um, and and he I think there's he picks that one out, but there is a number. There's a myriad of of examples throughout Scripture that you can look at that says. Uh, you know, there's rebellion. You can get into it deeper and say, was Judas a rebellion? Um, it, it, you know, was Judas a rebellious attitude mm-hmm. um, because of preconceived ideas that Judas had about the nature of Christ and the nature of a Messiah and what that Messiah was supposed to do and say and be um, that didn't fit Judas? Was Judas rebellious? Was was Moses rebellious on the mountain when he said, you know what, find somebody else. I am slow of speech um, to the point where Scripture says that the anger of God was fired against Moses. Um, now, obviously, he went on to do it. But at that moment, you could you could very much say that Moses was being that 16 year old that was saying, right. I don't want to do that. Or I can't do that. Or are you sure you got the right person? It right. wasn't a, a subtle questioning of God. It was the idea, find someone else. That's more like Jonah. No. Send I'm my brother. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. That whole idea of, of yeah, of Jonah. Of, no. Of, no. No. You know, the Nineveh, when he sits beneath the fig tree, and, 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 and I think it was a fig tree, um, sits beneath the tree, and the tree withers, and 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 God says to it, it always does that. God always reiterates His authority, that says, you know what, you think you're the one that can do this. You know what I do? I build mountains. I build. I mean, all these things. He reminds us of His authority. That's right. And so I think throughout life we are consistently and constantly in a rebellious attitude towards God and it is an attitude that needs to be changed. So we're going to we're going to bounce around on this one. And what I really um wanted and I want to get started on uh if if you have a book it's on page 183. I really want to go through these six sources of rebellion for him because there's a number of things that we could uh, we could hit. You could you could spend a couple of weeks on rebellion Absolutely. simply so that you can get it right. Because I think one of the dangers we're going to take a break here in a few minutes, but one of the dangers that we can and I want to go back to it is that we can put ourselves in an attitude where a rebellious spirit is needed to maintain a godly atmosphere. That's right. It's a correction and accountability. It, exactly. A correction and accountability. Those are great words. That's needed. And if we, um, if we begin to say to ourselves, all rebellion is bad and against God, then we just lay down and we're just... Just look at what our society would be like if we would have done that. Yeah, I am in charge. Do what I say. Yeah. We would have no country. Dictatorship. Yeah, we would have a dictatorship. We would have, you know, all kinds of things where uh, people are under the thumbs of their masters. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, goes against the very essence of Scripture that says Christianity is about freedom in Christ. Mm-hmm. And and so it isn't always a call to arms, but it is always a source of correction and a source that says when your leadership has gotten out of control, sideways, you have the responsibility to take on the mantle 
of a rebellious attitude in the context of saying to them, this is not right. This is sinful. This is sinful. And so it's very important. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about these six sources that James McDonald uh, talks about in his book. Um, and, and he speaks a lot about Moses and, and, and those types of things. So I think that's an individual that we can really look at because I think that's a story that we know. Right. Um, not only in the wilderness, because there is a time, even in the wilderness, when Moses is leading his people and, and every day communing with God, that Moses gets a little sideways and cracks Certainly the rock does. and says, where the heck is the water? <laughs> and, and, Whack. and what we find out from that is he is immediately chastised in a, in a very severe way mm-hmm. all that time. And God says, because of your... You know, your unbelief because of... But we know God loves trust. us when exactly. he corrects us and puts us on the right yeah. path. You can see the promised land, but you can't go in it. Oh. And, and, and Moses had to have been thinking, you got to be kidding me. After all I've done All for these you? people that I've, been, that I've been leading, you're going to let these people go in? And, and you know, you, you, you chastise them with the whole idea of a generation shall pass. And these new people, and I've been doing everything you want me to, and I get a little bit upset and crack a rock, and, and now I can't even go in? That's a little harsh. Uh, that, that is a little harsh. But uh, that's the study that we are in, and uh, that's what James McDonald begins to talk about. So we want you to stay with us. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion of Lord Change My Attitude Please, before it's It's too late. late. (laughs) Right here on Becoming Christ-like. Stay with us. Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric, whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries. Graduation day is almost here. You've worked so hard, and now it's all paying off. Everyone will be telling you how proud they are. Give them one more thing to be proud of. Celebrate graduation safe and sober. Don't let drugs and alcohol threaten what you've worked so hard to achieve. This message is brought to you by Southeast Health Group, your local resource for drug and alcohol treatment. Call 1-800-511-5446 for more information about a safe and sober graduation. There'll be a great gathering in the sky When all God's children get home We'll join the happy millions As they sing there around the great white throne I'm speaking of an old camp meeting Where we never shall say goodbye I'm longing for the day when I hear my Savior say There's a gathering in the sky One by one we pass through the valley dim Although it seems hard to bear but I'm going to a great reunion Where people not afraid of prayer There'll be a lot of old times singing Somewhere up there on high It seems that I can hear them saying There's a gathering in the sky There'll be a great gathering in the sky When all God's children get home We'll join the happy millions As they sing there around the great white throne I'm speaking of an old camp meeting where we never shall say goodbye. I'm longing for the day when I hear my Savior say there's a gathering in the sky. I'm longing for the day when I hear my Savior say there's a gathering in the sky. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled. That has made all the difference. The Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. Derek and George Live. Becoming Christ-like. 
Gonzalo and Hutch. All stops on the road. The road of enlightenment. The road of discovery. Join us each Thursday and Friday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain Time and Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Mountain Time as we invite you to join us on a journey. A journey on the road less traveled. Right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like on the Road Less Traveled, Blog Talk Radio. So you thought you had to keep this up. Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled. Looking at our chat room, uh, Patty Sheen reminded us of something. We do want to remind everybody who's down here in southeastern Colorado, or if you're not in southeastern Colorado and you're somewhere in the state, and by golly, you want something cool to do uh, next Friday, yeah. come down to Los Animas for Santa Fe Trail Day, Yes, um, which is is a time that the, the town celebrates the longest-running student-led organizational event what year in is the it? nation. I don't even know. In the nation. Yes. And I don't know what year we are on. I don't know. Pat, if you happen to know what year we are uh, into the Santa Fe Trail Day, uh, let us know in the chat room. It's a great time. It's a, it's a, it, there's all kinds of things to do. There's a parade. It's a time where we, uh, where we celebrate uh, actually the Santa Fe Trail that, that, mm-hmm. that comes through uh, southeastern Colorado that uh, traders took that that uh, pioneers took. Yes. Uh, not only on their way to the west, but but uh, you know through Ben's Fort, through all kinds of things. Um, so uh, come down and there's booths. There's uh, the Santa Fe Trail Queen uh, competition. Uh, I don't know if they're still doing it, but I think Friday night they always have some sort of uh, Rocky Mountain Oyster thing. That's at, at on. The fire, at we the always fire, go to that at the fire department. <laughs> well, I, I think this is, year I read in the paper it's going to be at the high school. Going to be at the high school, but mm-hmm. uh, it, a wonderful, gr- mm-hmm. a great competition that you can come down and see, which doesn't happen a lot in Los Angeles. High school, uh, they actually do square dancing, and so Absolutely. there's square dancing competitions. My kids uh, partook kid. in that. Yeah, yep. and uh, it is a great, great time. Uh, Pat says, uh, I want to say 81 or 82 years. Um, so it's a great parade. Wow. It's a great time. It runs into Saturday, I believe. They get, yes. uh, I think uh, Little Britches Rodeo will be down here this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, come and see that Santa Fe Trail Day. Los Animas, Colorado. The parade starts usually around nine or ten. I think it's ten. Ten o'clock uh, through the streets of Los Animas. Uh, it is student-led, so it's organized, organized and started by uh, by the students of Lahana, uh, or excuse okay. me, Los Animas High School and and Los Animas School District. Really, um, everybody's involved, but the, but the high schoolers will be square dancing and everything. So come and see that. That's next Friday. Uh, the 24th. So um, we'll be doing our show real quick and then and then getting back to Los Animas. I'll uh, probably go with my little five-year-old granddaughter. Yes, and yeah. sit and do that. We're talking about uh, James McDonald's book, Lord Change My Attitude, Before It's Too Late. And we've been talking about this rebellious attitude. And and in his book, he talks about these these sources of rebellion and I kind of wanted to hit them really quickly. He says a rebellious attitude is sometimes rooted in not seeing ourselves clearly. Often people desire a position, but they don't respect the process. They want the opportunity, but they don't realize the work and energy that's gone into getting into that place. They covet the results without recognizing the requirements. And I think uh, I think that that's that that that's obviously true. You, you want the outcome. You don't want what's going on to do on, the work. To right. do this, and so you rebel. But against that's how that. God trains you up to be able to do the work. Right. He says before you set your sights on your boss's job or your husband's job or your teacher's job, and before you have some cold-hearted, cynical attitude towards the police officers in your area, consider the real picture. 
Uh, and he talks about that. I think that's this was written back in 2001, but it's it's relevant today, today. because of what's mm-hmm. going on in our society. Um, it, and so um, I think that that is really, really important. Um, another rebellion that he talks about is is jealousy. And we could go on and on. I think jealousy should be its own attitude. But it, but yeah, je- jealousy is a thing that causes rebellion. Absolutely. You have, uh, I want what you have, and so I'm going to rebel against it until I get what you have. And, and there's sometimes that we say, you have what I want, um, and I'm going to get it from you because I want it, and I don't want you to have it. And and that's not good at all. That's a that's a great example of something that can cause us to have a rebellious attitude. Uh, he talks about this third source of rebellion is ungratefulness. Mm-hmm. Eh, dang. <laughs> yeah, we're not grateful for what we have. He's he's talking about Moses saying, "Is it not enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the congregation of Israel to bring you near to Himself?" To do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation, is it not enough for you? Why are you so ungrateful for what God has provided for you? He continues on to say, and that he has brought you near Korah and all your brothers, sons of Levi, with you. And you are seeking for the priesthood also? James McDonald goes on to say, Moses was saying, isn't this enough for you? Do you want to be a priest too? Uh, and and we've talked about that in earlier shows, is that whole idea of, through our ungratefulness, an attitude of rebellion can take root. That's right. And well, it's almost a slap in God's face when you don't like the gifts and talents he gave you sure, and used them. Sure. I want something different. I want something better. And I'll be the first one to say, I fall into that all the time. Uh, I want something better. I want something bigger. I want some, give me something more. Give me more than what it really, this is what it is. And, and what happens is in that ungratefulness, you begin then to say, God, if you won't call me to do it, I'll call myself and I'll just go on and do it. And we twist things to make it be what we want it to be instead of listening for the clear direction. And sometimes it's, it's so ingrained in us that we can't even hear God anymore. Right. Because James McDonald's defines this rebellion attitude as knowing what God wants you to do and refusing to, to do, do it. it. Right. And so I think that that's a, 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 a big deal. Um, it, it, and one of the this is a, a line that just a, because we haven't flipped it on its side. We've talked about the person who is rebelling against authority. But in this, he says. If you have a position of authority, don't forever forget that, first of all, it comes from God. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't. Right. It's not a right, it's a privilege. Right. And as Christians, we believe that. Now, that doesn't mean that you can go to the President of the United States and say to him, You're screwing up, because you, you've got to remember this comes from God from you. If, if and when your, your President or whoever is in authority, doesn't believe in God. So so there's a there's a difference there. We have to remember as Christians that if we are placed in a position of authority, that it comes from God. That's right. It comes And he can take it away the same as he gave it to you. Absolutely. He says another root of rebellion can be found in verse twelve, and that is <clears throat> stubbornness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stubbornness. That ability or that inability uh to to compromise, to move on. Uh, he says, notice this amazing audacity. The ruler of two million people sends for these two mojos, and they're like, we're not coming. He's talking about uh, Dathan and, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, uh, who who in this scripture says, we're not coming up. Very few people would identify themselves as rebellious. But let me ask you, are you hard to agree with? That's where he goes. Are you? That is a great question. Are you hard to agree with, because so many things fall into that. Mm-hmm. Are you? And so I ask, are you hard to agree with? Because that goes into um, what is it that I'm wanting other people to agree with me? What are my thoughts? What are my attitudes? What are my actions? What are my reactions? Are you hard to agree with? I've never had anybody come up to me, but can you imagine if somebody says, um, it comes up to you and says, you know what? You're hard to agree with. You are hard to agree with. 
And so, um, well, my mind automatically went to communication and compromise when it comes to this. You know, I think that we should want what's best for everyone or the big group, the big picture, mm-hmm. instead of ourselves. Right. That's a, that. So. That is exactly right. Um, again, we're talking about Lord, change my attitude uh, before it's too late. Normally, Jimbo would do this, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break from my mic here real quick because I have to push a button real Uh-oh. quick. So. <laughs> Um, You know, talk amongst yourselves. Oh, well, I don't talk too much without you here, or I would have had something planned to say. (laughs) Okay. He's back already. See, that didn't take long. That didn't take too long. It's just uh, normally it was a button that uh, or something that Jimbo would take care of, and it was across the room. So uh, luckily our studio is not that big. It doesn't take me that long to get across the room. So are you hard to agree with? Are you are, are you hard to reconcile with? If someone injures you, is it hard for them to get that worked out? Is it easy to lead you or is it hard to lead you? Are you an easy person to influence? Do you have a great term, flexible spirit? Mm. Uh, you know, at this point, I think you need to say something about the leaders, too, of mm-hmm. how they lead rebellious people. And they need to be able to ask themselves. I'm not sure where it's at in the book. Mm-hmm. Are they being rebellious? Or do they not know? Right. Are they uneducated in this? Right. Or are they hurt and they're trying to go through it and they need encouragement? So to the leaders out there, you need to look at the person and say, is this stubborn rebellion or is this hurt? Right. And also coming, uh, taking uh, or confusing or maybe intentionally stating, we won't say, especially when we are put in leadership and authoritarian roles, uh, we will say, you know what? I'm not being stubborn. I'm being committed. <laughs> mm, you know, yes. And, yes. and so you really have to look at that and say, okay, is this something I truly believe in, or is this something that I'm just sticking to my guns so that so and so won't get their way? Way, yes. And that's you know, very common. Yeah. And so there has to be a sense that we say to ourselves, am I truly committed? And do I believe that this is the way the that God is the proper thing to do as it being in an, a, an authority role, or am I just being stubborn? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and because he talks a little bit about it uh, when he says, um, I'm stubborn, I don't, uh, and then fill in the blank. He says, that's not good. You have a rebellious heart. And then he says this quote, well, my mom told me that's a strength. You know, we, we, we have a tendency to believe that committed, uh, dedicated, right. sticking to your guns, that's not always the proper way right. to go. Right. Sometimes we have to say, oh, man, in this authority role that I have, I was wrong. Right. That's called You're, growth. Yeah. I, I'm wrong. You're right. I need to change. Uh, and I need to maybe not stick to my guns simply because I don't want to be wrong. But in all honesty, how many people really can do that? None. <laughs> okay, thank you, because I uh, I think sometimes, wow. He talks about disappointment being the fifth source of rebellion. Verse 13 reveals the aspect. He says, is it not enough that you have brought us up out of a, a land flowing with milk and honey? Their twisted view is laughable. Look at how they described Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, <laughs> of course, you know, that, there is that, that whole idea of disappointment, that, that idea how they kept saying sometimes, hey, let's just go back. Let's go back. Right. And to think of, of what they were actually saying they wanted to go back to. The land of milk and honey, and it wasn't like that for them at no, all. They were slaves making brick. Slaves, slaves making brick. Okay, we'll go back and, and but, squash the straw into the mud with your feet. That's I think good. this is yeah. a point when you need to look at your stubbornness. Mm-hmm. And ask if it is rebellion and about talk about what expectations you had and if that's the truth or a distorted lie. Right. And because he, he goes on to say disappointment uh, leads to rebellion or can lead. He finally, he talks about this final source of rebellion. And I think this one is is hidden a lot of the time. And it's distrust <laughs> is, is yes. because we won't label it as that. Uh, we'll label it as, or you know, they're hard to get along with. I don't like them. I don't like their attitude. I don't like when in reality it is this whole idea of I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I don't trust you to make the decisions that needed to be made that need to be made that are in my best interest. Mm-hmm. And when that happens again, then that flows into the idea of the distrust of God. Mm-hmm. 
that says, I don't think, God, you have my best interest in, in mind. You know, if you want to anthropomorphize God, um, it, that says, you know what? Uh, I don't trust God. It, it, there were a lot of times that God could have pulled me out of that fire, and he didn't. And he, didn't. he let me just burn up. There are a lot of times that, and when we do that, then, it, then it, we begin to rebel. And we begin to say, I don't trust that God has what's for me, or is best in mind for me. Therefore, I'm going to take it into my own hands. And then we can really find out how we can screw things up. <laughs> or we don't believe that really God is working with us. Exactly. Exactly. And, and also we begin to get into that whole idea of thinking, you know what? So many times there was a chance for God to make himself known to me. I wonder if there is a God. And that happens. Mm-hmm. And how do we... And that's and, the, that leads to the doubt of which we did exactly. in the last chapter, which it, is a loss of faith. Exactly. And so it's all interconnected. And this rebellious attitude is really something that we have to get a hold on. Um, he talks a little bit about c- the consequences of rebellion. He talks about how rebellion will be judged. And just like I think with any of these other attitudes, it it, it is an infection that spreads. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And especially when sinful rebellion is rewarded, then it's very easy to look at that and say, dang, Don got what she wanted just by throwing a fit. Why do you think the two-year-old does it 20 times exactly. after you've only said no 10? That's exactly right. They continue on with it. And right. and that whole idea. It works. They get what they want. Laying down on the supermarket floor and kicking your legs. And, and, and the parent who says, you know what? Go ahead, kick. I'm going to walk on. I'm going to show you that this rebellious attitude is not to be rewarded. Because then when you do it, then they'll do it again. again they'll right. do it again and again. And I think the overriding message that we want to send is Christians are like two year olds. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Gary. They are. We are. We're like two year olds. We didn't get what we wanted. And so, and finally, what he talks about is this idea that rebellion is ultimately against God. See, I had a hard I know time you did. with that. He says, make no mistake about it. Rebellion is ultimately against God. You can't miss that here. Verse 30 clearly indicates that rebellion against uh, re- uh, that they rebelled against the Lord. But the key verse is verse 11, which says, therefore, you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. God didn't see this as a rebellion against Moses. If he's the one who puts the person in authority, rejecting the authority is rejecting God. That's why he takes it so seriously. Okay, so Boom, explain that's away. loaded. That's loaded. Okay, let's go back. And we've only got a few minutes to do it, but let's go back. Because we had said, don't forget that those who are put in authority are put in authority by God. Therefore, if you question them or rebel against them, then they are rebelling against God. Here's what they have to, we have to remember. If Moses took these Israelites and led them through the desert, okay, and never communed with God and said, I'm going to do it on my own. I don't care if my decisions are godly or not. I don't care if they're being led by God. Then the the people of Israel who were in the desert have every right to say, you may have been put there by God, but you're not acting in a godly manner. You're not acting in a way. You're not listening to God. You're not being guided by God. This is a selfish um, power trip that you are on, and therefore we are not required to follow you. That's the difference. It happens in, in on school boards. It happens in the president's <laughs> in the Oval Office. It happens on session boards. Right. That that we forget that we are put there by God to to be servants. Of the people, not masters of the people. And I'm going to slow down before I get up on a, on a soapbox. Because we, once, once that servant of God steps up on the bully pulpit and becomes a master of the people, they are no, lo- no longer do they fall under this umbrella of the authority of God. Well, we're talking about servant leadership. And exactly. servant leadership with mm-hmm. the trust works from the bottom up. Yeah. But then all of a sudden we get egos 
and it comes from the top down, and that's when we get into trouble. That's right. Because we go back to the whole idea, if you ever stray away from the idea of it's all about God and not about me, when it becomes this is all about me, you are no longer under that privilege of my respect, my, you know, my idea that uh, my sense of following you because God has put you in a leadership role. We forget that all the time. And I think our sessions are a big giant. uh, We as Christians forget that the most, especially those of us who serve, whether it be pastor, whether it be elder, whether it be board member, whether it be school teacher, uh, Sunday school teacher, whatever. We forget that we, we have been chosen by the people. We have been ordained by God to be servant leaders, mm-hmm. to be, and there's the mistake I just made. We're not to be servant leaders. We're to be servant leaders. Right. The emphasis has to be on servant. servant. Mm-hmm. What is it that God is telling me? I have to consistently and constantly ask God, how do you want me to lead? And that's how do you living a prayerful lead? life every day. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Because we think that the roof or the ceiling stops at us, and we forget that the leadership flows through us to God, from God through us. Right. And if it isn't, then I don't care if you're a leader or not. I'm not following you. You got it. There you, you have got it. it. And there then what happens? Right we're not rebelling when we don't fall. We just need it under a different umbrella. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's exactly right. So let us not confuse that at all mm-hmm. again we want to remind you if you want to find it or follow us at becoming christ like you can go to our facebook page at becoming christ i can go to our twitter page at uh, at christ like today you can follow us at be more christlike.com find us on all those places i want to end because we're out of time um, next week we're going to uh, replace that rebellious attitude Absolutely. and we're going to replace that uh <laughs> Another word that I don't have a hard time with with, with, sub, with submission. submission. So make sure you follow us because yes. that word doesn't always mean what you think it means. I'm going to end with what uh, James McDonald always ends with is a look up. He says, "Lord, I understand that rebellion is easy, that humility and submission are hard. I want to take the hard way because it's the best way and it's your way. Lord, please forgive all my rationalizations in this relationship where I'm wrong." Bring the face of that person to mind in this moment, that I might acknowledge my sin and turn from it, especially in my church, Lord. If I've resisted the counsel of a leader or made some wrong decisions and pulled back or even participated in rebellious conversations, forgive me. Create in me a clean, submissive heart, O God. Teach me, Lord, uh, what joy you have in humility and gracious, submissive attitudes. Lord, as I read the next chapter on submission, help me put off this heavy load of rebellion and put on the light load of submission. I believe that this is the road to joy and peace, and I choose to pursue it uh, for for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, uh, again, we want to remind you, man, you really, you really want to join us next week because this submissive isn't always uh, the submissive. And and there's a big oh there's a big thing I'm already fired up uh, for that so it's it is it's one of those things um, well it's very easily mistaken and used yes. and abused yes that's exactly right so you want to join us next Friday 8 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time right here on Becoming Christlike so for everybody here at the Road Less Travel for Dawn for myself Jimbo who's in the producers booth thanks for for listening. Thanks for watching on the YouTube, and uh, we encourage you each and every day to become more and more Christ-like. God bless. God bless. There are days of taking more than I can give, and there are choices that I made.
Life's been 